0: A real, a real blessing to be here with you guys today. I asked, uh, I, I didn't get your name. I asked Sister in front of me. She's wearing red back there. I said, "Is worship ev- every Sunday this good?" She said, "Oh yes." I said, "Praise the Lord." Yeah. So my name is Clayton, uh, Clayton Womack, and uh, and I have a wife named Holly, and uh, I have two boys, Abraham. He's almost four. Elliot, almost two. I shouldn't say almost. I don't really want them to grow up. You know, they're three in one, and uh, and Olive. Uh, her name is Mary Olive. We call her Olive. She's in the middle there, squished. She's, she's now three months. She was about, uh, she was less than a month in that picture. So, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I want to share a little bit of our, of our journey with you. Um, I was the children's pastor at Ridgeview for seven years. Um, such an awesome calling to serve, to serve kids. It's a worthy calling for the rest of your life. Except I didn't feel that that was the place the Lord had for me. Do you understand what I mean? It's worth spending the rest of your life teaching children, but I just knew, Lord, I don't think this is the end thing. I don't think children's ministry is a stepping stone to get to bigger and better things, you know? But I just didn't feel at peace. And, uh, you know, to take you back even a little further, my wife and I, we met at Liberty University, and we were always just open to the Lord's calling. He did a lot of work in our lives individually, and then when we met each other. We were in the right place with Christ, and uh, we were just wide open to whatever the Lord called us to. Well, we, didn't, we were open to missions, but didn't have any specific leading. The Lord led us right to Ridgeview. It was, it was a blessing. That was where we were meant to be. Um, so, so I was at Ridgeview for seven years. And then uh, I'll just tell you, like, like it was, I, we're, we're really good friends with the Fries. And um, open to missions, just, but feeling unsettled in my soul, like, Lord, I'm thankful for where I am at Ridgeview. I'm thankful for the people we serve with. We love these people. They love us. It's a blessing. I'm from Ohio. She's from Georgia. So it, this, is, this has become our home. We lived right uh, above Dr. June Corrin's pet grooming place. We lived up there for seven years. Yeah, it's a great apartment. This has become home for us where our kids were born, well, except for Olive. Um, and, uh, but just, Lord, come on. We, there's, some, there's a stirring going on. And we're seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. I, I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and the only thing on my mind was unreached people in Zimbabwe. And I fell back asleep, which makes me feel really unholy, right? I always thought if God speaks to you in the night, you're like, you're up, you know. And I fell back asleep, and I remembered in my quiet time the next morning, and I thought, whoa, God, we're, are we moving to Zimbabwe? And if you know how the Lord works in your life, maybe the same way he has in mine, he didn't say anything else. <laughs> he just let me sit on that for a while. Um, and then the Lord's, unbeknownst to my planning, the church planned, there's some people in the church that said, we want to go visit the Fries and what they're doing uh, in Zimbabwe, and uh, I didn't start that planning at all. And so they said, we're going to plan a trip. And Pastor said, "Hey, one of us should go on that trip. One of our pastoral staff." And I was sitting there and I thought, "Well, my wife's due with our second son about the time the trip will be, so I probably shouldn't go." And then I was having my quiet time in the morning, and the Lord said, "Your wife needs you to be obedient to me more than she needs you to be there for the birth of your second son." And I said yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I told my wife, Holly, I said, Holly, I think I have to go on this trip. This is what the Lord spoke to me. And she said, okay, help me plan. <laughs> so we, we got a lady in our church, a dear lady, to plan to take Holly to the hospital in case she went into labor while I was in Africa. And anyway, we prayed that the Lord would hold that baby in. Uh, and uh, 72 hours after we arrived home. Uh, Elliot was born so that was awesome our first son was due eight was eight days before his due date and Elliot was held until his due date so we, we <laughs> praised God for that um, but uh, man when I went there I didn't feel like the Lord had ended it you know he still said unreached people in Zimbabwe so I, I went maybe thinking hey I'm going to receive some kind of gift the Lord's going to show me something awesome it's going to be an awesome experience or maybe he's going to call us and we went and came back and I was like Lord, I don't think you closed the door there. I don't think the word's fulfilled. So I said, Holly, we got to go. And so we we took a trip, the four of us. Olive wasn't born yet. And we went to Zimbabwe for a couple weeks, stayed with the fries. We, we went around, visited, and checked things out, and uh, spent some time with some brothers and sisters there. And I just felt, yep, this is where we're going. Came back home, told pastor, told the church, announced the Lord's calling us. But we didn't have any timeline, didn't know exactly how. So... Stayed full time on staff, working with the church and school and teaching kids. It was great. And then I was getting to a place in my heart, like, Lord, okay, this is great. But I know we're going. We gotta go. And I need direction for my family. My wife's due with another baby, our third one. We can't live in this apartment. I don't wanna buy a house if we're not supposed to stay here. We gotta go to Africa. Come on, Lord, what are we gonna do? And so I needed the Lord. Have you been in those places where you need answers and no one in the world can tell you what the answer is? Not to mention, I don't mean this the wrong way, it's not something like love your neighbor as yourself. It's like, Lord, I submit to your word, and you need to speak to me, God. I need you to show me. I need you to open doors. I need you to give me timing. I need you to show me what you want. So it was fasting. Lord, tell us what we need. Tell us what we need to do. Show us. Open the doors. And before that, Lord, had have been stirring in my heart... Um, in prayer, I was just having these thoughts of of back home pop in my mind in Ohio, and I would be like, you know, what's that doing here? I'm trying to pray, you know, get behind me, Satan, you know, and uh, not really. And 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 at one point, I and I'll this I'll be real open with you. I, this is embarrassing. I was I was praying, and thoughts of Ohio came, and this this if you like country, that's that's great country music or whatever. But this country song came in my head who says you can't go home, and I was like,
1: ah, oh, God.
0: Well, as I'm thinking about these roads, I was like, come on, God, this is getting ridiculous. If you want me to go to Ohio, I will, but you just make it clear, Lord, and I'll obey. Anyway, so, so we're fasting and praying, God, we need to know about Zimbabwe. We got to go. We know we're going, but make it clear. And that night, the Lord spoke to my wife in, in two dreams in one night that said, you're going to have this baby in Ohio. Wow. And so I... <laughs> and I looked and there was this little pile of evidence of the Lord speaking to me in in prayer An opportunity had opened up at my dad's church he said hey if if you guys need to move towards Zimbabwe and you you need a place to stay there's a place here and you can go and visit churches and all that and I didn't tell my dad any because you know how grandfathers are I didn't tell him anything about Ohio being on my heart and I didn't tell him anything about the dream either (laughs) I figured if I told him he'd We'd make our plans real fast, you know. All right, let's. (laughs) I'm broken. Uh, Yes, Lord. So we told Pastor and we told the church. And uh, January 21st was our last Sunday at Ridgeview, and we moved to Ohio on the 22nd. And uh, we had the we we met the the midwives on uh, the 24th of January and had the baby on February 17th in the house there that we moved into. (laughs) So we moved in the house, put pictures on the wall, nested, and had a baby. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So his word was fulfilled, and uh, and uh, the Lord the Lord moved in that way. And I share all those things just to say, um, and y- y- this is a this is a powerful place right here, guys. Now, I mean, because the Spirit of God's here, right? Our God is powerful. I've been so blessed to worship with you all today because there's been a lot of stirrings that the Lord has been doing, and and just to praise the Lord, there is a maturity here in a maturity that I want to. Receive more of and be part of a body that is grown in listening to the Spirit of God. Pressing in for more from the Lord. Gathering together as a body and expecting the Lord to come and join and speak and move. And there's a maturity here. And of course, you're not settled. You you want more. You keep pressing in. I just praise the Lord. It's been a rich blessing for me um, this morning being with you guys. Um... And the Lord speaks, does he not? And he moves, and he opens doors, and he closes doors, and he changes things, and he he heals. Praise God. So I share those details with you about the stories. I don't always share all the details because, you know, know, maybe some people maybe don't always want to hear that, or or they might zone out, but praise the Lord. He puts burdens on your hearts, and he speaks, and he moves, and he opens doors. So we went to Africa, and... um, and, uh, yep, there's Zimbabwe right there in the red. You can show the next slide. I think I have a, I just brought a couple pictures. There's, there's the capital city, Harare. I'm working on my accent, and I'm working on my Shona, which is very poor. I'm studying it by myself in, in Ohio, so it's, it's, it's going, by the way. So uh, this, is, this is Harare. It's, it's pretty modern-ish looking, except uh, their economy tanked at about 2006, 2008, right, right around there. It, hyperinflation... Like, we're talking worse than World War II Germany, like $50 billion for, for you know a little bit of bread. Just insane. So they use the American dollar right now, US, US dollars. But this is not really what, what I think of when I, when I think of Zimbabwe, nor what most people experience. Could you show the next picture, brother? This, this is rural Zimbabwe. Um, they make their own bricks um, out of mud and in a cement mixture. And they cover them, and then they make thatch roofs. Um, and uh, this is where these people, you see all those little gardens around because they're it's subsistent farming. They grow their own vegetables because they need to eat them, you know? So th- this community, they might, this might be, I don't know where this picture was taken, this might be on a farm where, um, where they work and then they also live on the side. And they, um, But this is rural Zimbabwe. You can show the next slide, brother. Um, so, so the ministry there, you guys know the fries, and they, Ian told me, he said, oh, brother, he was really emphatic. He said, Give White Hill a big hug from us. They've so blessed us, you know. And uh, so, so they love you guys. And uh, so this is, this is Eden Ministries. I just, I just put a couple pictures just to show you. I think you've already heard a bit about it from, from the Fries. But as you know, it was an orphanage that then had a school to educate the children and a farm to help, help the ministry be self-sustaining to feed the children. And now they employ 130 uh, Zimbabweans with unemployment being like 85%. It's terrible. So, so they're employing Zimbabweans. There's a free herbal clinic to anyone in the community. They heal in Jesus' name with herbs, natural remedies. Sometimes they use medicine like malaria medicine and things like that. Um, but they do it all in Jesus' name. If you come in with a bracelet that says you went to the local spiritist to have your ancestors protect you, they say, cut that off. We are not treating you because we only heal in Jesus' name. And they have a little jar there. And when you come in for your consultation... You could have to cut it off and put it in the jar and then take it out back and burn it later. So they say, you get rid of that because it's only in Jesus' name. It's cool, you know, there's, there's Shona men and women, Zimbabweans, who, this isn't just, you know, white people coming in saying, no, this is how we do it. You know, there's Shona men and women who say, no, no, I grew up honoring my ancestors for protection. We don't do this. In Jesus' name only do we heal. And Jesus heals and Jesus saves. And they see the Lord bless the community through that. Um, I share a little more about that because what the Lord's calling us to, um, if you could put the next slide. I'm not yes, what the Lord's calling us to, the Lord spoke to me, as I share with you, unreached people in Zimbabwe. Unreached. Um, and so, Lord, what? Unreach, okay. unreach, unreached, Unreach, unreach, And the Lord's put on my heart, you know, for some time, it's just always been like Voice of the Martyrs or Advancing Native Missions, Hearing about the gospel being taken to people who have never heard the name of Jesus has just, I know that resonates with, you as you are brothers and sisters in here. You, you love Jesus, so you love the idea of his name going forth and, and being taken to people who have never heard of Christ. So that resonates with all of us in some way, I know. But there's been something like, oh, God, Lord, I, I love that. That's good. That's good. Unreached people in small show me. When we went on our trip with the church, we, we crashed a cult meeting um, out in the bush. And uh, there were men and women gathered in white robes, just like this. This isn't a picture I took, but I scoured the internet for one that looked just as close as I could see in my mind what we experienced. And, and men and women line up on different sides there, and they, they chant, and they sing songs, and they even preach. And then, uh, if you could show the next picture, brother, I think there's a... Okay. Oh, actually, sorry, you can go back, sorry. Um, so we're there, and I was just, whoa, it's foreign language. We're in the middle of nowhere. No one will know if we get killed out here. You know, that feeling like, okay, Lord, I surrender. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, man, they, they did not allow us to bring our Bibles. We had to leave them in the car. Um, but they let us preach. <laughs> See, they, they preach. They take the word of God, and they twist it and form it, and they get people to follow them. And when we were finished, they started praying to these This cactus standing, and there were these bowls of water with stones in them that are blessed, and for people to drink them for healings, you know, nowhere in Scripture, right? They honor Jesus, but they believe he received the Holy Spirit from John the Baptist when he was baptized, and they pray to Elijah and they pray to many biblical characters, and it's just so perverted from what the truth of God's word is. They have a little bit of truth that's really tainted, right? I was just at my uh, grandmother's funeral yesterday in Northwest Ohio. And um, so much scripture read, so much scripture quoted. And what they rested in was a work that was done to her when she was a baby. Because she sprinkled, we know. God, please, there's so much gospel that was read from the word. There was so much spoken of the word of God. And then so tainted by, by, by doctrines of men. As, and I don't mean anything about, I, I'm not slandering I know many brothers and sisters who 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 are, have uh, been instructed in the wrong ways in, uh, in a tainted gospel who are being brought to a fuller light of the truth, but the problem is the same everywhere, is it not? Believing the truth and knowing Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Christ and Christ alone, and so our burden is to go to Zimbabwe with the gospel for the unreached, but because of Advancing Native Missions and and other things that the Lord has stirred in my heart, I feel like reaching Native people through the Natives is, I think, just beautiful. I love that. I know there's, there's, there's calling and there's reason for we'll be taking evangelistic trips out into the bush, you know, and I'll stand out like a sore thumb. But who better to reach these people than those who know the culture, who know the history, who know the ancestral forms of worship that they grew up in as well. And so what we feel our calling is is to go into uh participate in this ministry that's just now starting up called Straight Paths um, that Ian uh, has shared some with you guys, I'm sure. You can go to the next slide, brother. Um, Straight Paths. So Eden Straight Paths is a program where young men and young women have, have grown up in the orphanage and they say, I want to be discipled and I want to take the gospel to people who need to know it. Right? There are some people who've grown up in the in the orphanage and they they'll fit them with a with a skill, with a trade. Amen. They, they'll, become, they'll become good men and good women. They'll, they'll contribute to society. They'll break that orphan mentality that thinks they can't be anything. And then they go and they're, they're freed from that. And there are some who say, The Lord's calling me to, to be an evangelist. The Lord's calling me to take the gospel. And so, Straight Paths is just that taking in disciples to say, Okay, we're going to live together in discipleship, studying the Word of God, praying together, worshiping, going out, evangelizing and growing together as disciples. Also also training in, uh, in subsistent agriculture so they can sustain themselves. Also learning uh, a simple kind of trade so they can also provide for themselves. So when the Lord calls them, wherever he calls them, they can go and they can make a living for themselves and they can preach the gospel. So straight paths is what, is what we're setting our, our aims at and so we're excited. Um, and God is good and he's doing it. And uh, just this week can I, I'll be very I don't think there's any other way to be than just honest and. and uh, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to, to speak uh, about Deuteronomy chapter eight verse three today, and it's not it's, I've been wrestling because I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like it's fully there. You know, you know, when you share something, you, you want it to like overtake you and like change you to be the man who lives fully submitted to that word, and God did the work in transforming you. I feel like he's just beginning to humble me. We're going to talk about being humbled by the Lord a little bit, and I feel like, oh God, I can't talk about this. This is ridiculous. This is like someone talking about something he doesn't even know about, you know. Um, but the Lord's beginning to do uh, a bit of a humbling work and breaking me down, and and just this week I was reading uh, in a book, Revolution and World Missions by K.P. And he, he's an Indian man, and he traveled from village to village preaching the gospel as a young man with missionary teams, preaching the gospel. And he said, now, through Gospel for Asia, you can support these kind of missionaries for $1 a day. Why? Because they're barefoot, they might eat rice most days, and they sleep in ditches, and they preach the gospel. And I thought, God, why are you sending us expensive, white, ignorant people over to Africa when you could just send a hundred other people that are right there doing it right now. And I was really aggravated. This was Thursday. And I, I was praying, and I didn't have anything else to pray. And I'm like, so I you know, went for a walk, and I, I couldn't pray anymore. So I went, and I went home, and I saw the kids. and I, You know, one of those things, you just have to keep visiting. Okay, Lord, speak to me. And the Lord just, I just laughed, and I said, I don't understand God. And I'm not going to understand God, right? And he said, That's right, my son. I called you. You just go. <laughs> like, okay. Kind of that, like, ha, ha, ha. if you say so, Lord, I'm surrendered. I want to do your will, but I need you to make sense of it all because people need the gospel. And money's nothing to God anyway, right? Yeah. That's, I told my wife a couple weeks ago, I said, I have a money problem, don't I? Without hesitating, she said, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not, like, well, I'm not a spender. I'm a miser, right? And I'm just so self-conscious and, like, worked up in this thing. Oh, no, I can't do that. Blah, blah. Especially now that I'm a missionary, right? I can't spend that dollar like that, right? And it's been it an issue, you know, growing up. Anyway, and, and I said, I have a money problem. And she said, yes. <laughs> She's a good wife, you know? And I said... Wow, and I was like, "Well, the, you confirmed it that fast. I know the Holy Spirit's in this." Sorry, all, right. all right, Lord, show me, speak to me, show me. Um, it's part of the Lord's humbling process for me, no doubt. But God is good, Amen. 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 Yeah, oh, He's so good. And uh, I'm trying to. I, you guys got me excited. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I should share. We, we're hoping to go to Zimbabwe next year, early next year, unless the Lord moves us there sooner. We're excited. We're going to missions training in Colorado for a month in September um, to prepare for that with, with our three kids. Um, God is faithful. He's moving. Part of the story is he, he told me a couple years ago, he said, ask me for a house and thank me for it. When We were looking for, Lord, we got to move into a house. This is getting cramped. My wife's walking up 20-some stairs with the kids. I don't want this guy. Ask me for a house and thank me for it. Okay. Two years later, the, the one in Columbus, my, my dad said, you guys can come up here and there's a there's a house you can live in, and it's actually called the house. It's a church house, and it has a sign outside that says the house. And I was like, that that doesn't count. That's silly, God. <laughs> That's just silly, you know. And so the Lord's been faithful in that in that way too, and, and He will fulfill every every word that He speaks to you, every impression He puts on your heart. He's good, is He not? Amen. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, as I said, I I, I would like to. Uh, to open the word, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 3. Um, we'll read a couple verses before that. And as I said again, I, <laughs> we're going to talk about humility a little bit. But, and so I want to come to you humbly <laughs> saying we're going to try to talk about humility. Um, and not just plainly humility. This isn't a topical message, but we're going to look at this word here and how the Lord worked in the lives of his people and how he works in our lives today. Amen. God is good, right? He's faithful all the time. And some of the ways the Lord works are not the ways we would choose. In fact, we would not choose them in our flesh at all, right? This is why he's redeeming us. He saves us. He breaks us. The word says, don't be like a mule who must be led by bit and bridle, but follow me with your heart, you know? And so he breaks us and we say, okay, God, your way, your way, I submit to you, I love you, I worship you. And then he takes us through this ongoing process until we see him face to face of whatever you say, Lord. Yes, Lord, I trust you. I'll obey you. I'll, I'll walk with my faith foot moving forward. I'll, I'll trust you. Um, and so this is what he's doing in our lives, of course. And this is what he's doing in your life. Whether you're called to Stewart's draft or whether you're called to Zimbabwe or whether you're called wherever. It, whatever he says there's no need to worry about what any man thinks. There's no need to worry about what any man uh, would argue about that. It's what the Lord says, and that's the calling we all need on our lives. Amen? And so as a missionary to Zimbabwe, you know, I kind of grew up thinking missionaries, they're kind of like the, they're like the, the superhero ones, you know, and, and then people say I'm a missionary, and I'm like, no way, <laughs> you know, like pastor, pastor, I mean, you know, like you're a man. yeah you're the man but (laughs) but you're a man you know and people in in full-time vocational ministry because all of you are in ministry if you're called you're called by God as a son and daughter you are a minister you are the light of the world you don't go to school to get shined up and, and become a bright light you got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit indwelled you and you became a light Just like that. Now, sometimes we've got to clean the glass up a little bit so it can shine brighter because we we let it get all blocked out or we put the basket over our heads. But the Lord knows, you know, each one of you has been called to a calling. This is what the word of God says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, after it says, By grace you're saved through faith, he says, And you are you're appointed for good works. Well, he appointed those for you beforehand, before you even came to Jesus. There we say before the foundations of the world, he appointed you to good works that you should walk in them. Oh, man, he's got good things for you, right? Good things. But, you know, here's the thing, right? We don't get those good things. When I say get those good things, you know, we all want a blessing. But, you know, if you've walked with Jesus, the greatest blessings are the ones that are just received. And the, the way we receive so often is obey. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, right? Obey. Yes, Lord. We don't just praise him for the gifts. We praise him for the opportunity to trust him, to step out in faith and watch him work. Amen? That he uses people like us to showcase his glory to the world around us. Amen? Yeah. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's, let's start in verse number 1. Um, let, me, let me pray for a moment. Father, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, your presence is among us today. We recognize that. We need you, God. This would all be in vain unless the presence of the Holy One comes down and you are here, God. I pray that you would guard my mouth. I pray that the intentions of my heart would be absolutely pure before you, Father, that you are exalted, that your name is lifted high, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in our midst this morning, and I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, because we need you, God. We are not here to change the world. We're here to be in the presence of the living God, and then be conduits through which you change the world, Father. We are responsible to live in your presence, God, not to go out and be busy and try to make stuff happen. We are to listen to your voice. We are to take from you the manna every day and receive from you and to be sustained and to be carried, God, and to be a bright, shining light in the wilderness and in this world every day of our lives as we point to Jesus Christ. Our good, good God who takes care of us all the time. Jesus, we love you. Speak to us this morning. Amen. Deuteronomy 8, 1. I'm reading from the the ESV this morning if it sounds a little different. It says, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. What was that first phrase? The whole commandment. The what commandment? The whole commandment. Yeah, this is a multiple choice, right? I've thought that for a long time. I was really good at obeying some things. I grew up a preacher's kid, and I looked good on the outside, you know. I was, a, I was an example. Hey, look, he can play the guitar in the youth group. Look at him, uh, you know, talking with whatever, you know. He's a good guy. Well, sure. I knew how to tie my shoes and all that stuff. But I knew the inside, and I struggled. And I didn't feel like a redeemed holy man on the inside, that's for sure, until the Lord did a real great work of keep breaking me down, breaking me down to let go and say, I want you. Your steadfast love is better than life. And so here the Israelites are about ready to enter the promised land. They've spent 40 years in the wilderness, right? Yes. And, the, and the parents were promised the promised land. And in Numbers, you know the story. They go and they check it out and they're like, it's just as you said, Joshua. It's glorious. The the fruit of the, of the, uh, the fruit of the earth is wonderful. It flows with milk and honey. It's just beautiful. But there's giants. So we're not going to go in. And they wailed and bemoaned and cried and ached and said, this is ridiculous. We can't go. You brought us out here to kill us. God said, because the Lord spoke to me about this with being a parent, because, because you did not believe me, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so are your kids. And then they'll go in. I want to go in and take my kids with me. Amen? Yeah. That's not for anyone in here looking back. I know what 40 years from now I'll look back and say, if only I would have done this with Abraham. If only I would have, you know, that's not God that calls us to live in guilt or grief. But he says, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers, he promised, I'm giving you this land, Israel. but your fa- The father's rejected it out of fear. Out of fear, we can turn away from what God has for us, right? We don't want us. He calls us to step out and walk by faith, right? If, we can- if we're afraid and we don't walk out in faith, are we going to receive all of his promises that he has for us, all the blessings that he has for us? His promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Amen? Yes. But, oh, the richness of the life set up. We're going walking with Jesus Christ, That's for those who are going to walk in faith with him. Who are going to believe him and step out and do what he says. Follow his promptings. The the parents didn't. So the children, it's for you, but the whole commandment that I command you today. You shall be careful. The whole thing. That's not to make us afraid. We don't live by the law. We live by the spirit. The whole commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And if you'll do that, you will. Keep the whole commandment, and you will enter the land. You will receive the blessing that Jesus Christ has for you. Verse 2, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might, what? Humble Humble you, you. testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his way or not. You guys know how God God does, right? Adam, where are you? You know, teaching kids, I was like, now kids... God knew where he was, okay. Just so you know. <laughs> Adam, where are you? God knew where he was. He wanted Adam to know where he was. Right? Yeah. In the wilderness he said, I tested you, I humbled you to test you to know what was in your heart. God knew what was in your in their hearts. It's really awesome. In Acts chapter 1, when they're praying for the, the next disciple, the next apostle, they they call God the heart knower. Isn't that awesome? In 1 Samuel it says, uh God doesn't see as man sees. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart, the heart knower, right? He says, I tested you to know what was in your heart. But not that I need any help seeing it, but so that you might know, that you might see where your heart is, right? Because, guys, it's, it's humbling to recognize this together as brothers and sisters, but isn't it in light of our sin that we remember sometimes or we realize I'm not where I thought I was. Do you understand what I mean? Not to say that Jesus doesn't have huge and awesome plans for us and that his grace doesn't cover all of that. But sometimes we think, hey, I'm doing all right. I'm really prideful. (laughs) I didn't see that there. And the Lord will extract those things out of us. He'll put us in the pressure cooker, He'll give you children. (laughs) You say, the Lord has done more to expose my flesh as a father, than anything else in my life. Amen? Yeah, yeah right? I was just sharing, you know, I've, you know, your kids can push your buttons, right? And I need the Lord to change me so I have one button. And it's like love button. And then they push it and they just get loved, you know? Because <laughs> instead I, 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 you know, I get easily frustrated. Oh, quiet, it's too loud, you know, this kind of stuff. And the Lord allows that to expose to, so I can know what's in my heart. Clayton, you don't quite understand the love of me for you, the love of the Father on you right now because you don't have that manifested in your life towards your children in the difficult times. So he humbled them in the wilderness, testing them to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. This was part of his plan. They turned away from his blessing immediately, but he humbled them in the wilderness to make manifest what was truly in their heart, but he was, he was humbling them and guys, friends, um, to come to Jesus, you have to be humble. You, right? Yes. You, there's not saving face when you're coming to Jesus Christ fully and assuredly, right? We're not, we don't try to look a certain way. Oh, I've accepted Jesus in my own special way. This is Jesus, I need you. I'm nothing without you. I am a sinner in need of saving, and you're my Savior. I want you, and I want to follow you all my life because I know my wisdom is limited, and my ways are not your ways, and I need your ways, and you need to show me the way, Jesus. I put my faith in you. Thank you for your blood. I trust you. Thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit. Now I need to get out of the way and let you lead me in responding in obedience to everything you whisper to me. Amen? Right? But that, that... for that to be manifest in my life in a greater measure, in your life in a greater measure, I've got to be humbled, right? I've got to be humble. I've got to listen to the Lord when I'm cantankerous or when I'm grumpy or when something doesn't go my way and I'm, you get frustrated, right, in life sometimes. And we're like Balaam trying to drive a donkey and the angel of the Lord's gonna slice us with a sword, you know? It's a good thing God stops us. God says, Have you ever thought that maybe you're frustrated right now because you're just not listening to what I'm trying to tell you, Clayton? Have you ever noticed that some of your plans don't work out? Maybe it's because I'm lovingly getting in the path and saying, uh-uh. Instead, we're pushing headstrong and we need to be humble to know. When he opens up the world, He opens up the promised land to us and says, "Come on in, it's, it's exquisite, replete with giants and everything that you get to slay." <laughs> and instead we're like, "Oh, this is terrible. I'm scared." Instead God's saying, "I'm inviting you, watch me part the sea for you. Watch the giants fall, Watch the land produce in superabundance, and watch the nations look in awe with their jaws on the ground saying, "They're God's something." Amen." Yeah. So he's testing them. Look at verse 3 with me now. And he, he what? He humbled you. And here's how. Guys, I'm telling you, this is a hard pill for me to swallow this week. Just in prayer, like, God, I I need to be ready. for, For what you might allow me to go through. Not because he's mean, not because he likes to see us squirm, not because he likes to see us discontent or anything, but because he wants to teach us. That he's everything we need. Everything we need. That we can have joy in the most difficult circumstances. That our brother and sister back there, having come up and anointed with, uh, with oil for prayer, that in the midst of any kind of prognosis from a doctor, they can have joy yes. on their faces because it started in their heart, and it's just overflowing. Amen. Yes. This, is, this, is, this is the Lord's way for us. He says he humbled you, and he what? Let, let you hunger. Hold on a second. I don't like to be hungry. I mean physically or any other thing. I don't like to be hungry. What people say now, they're hangry. Is that right? Well, yeah, which isn't justifiable, by the way. But God doesn't give us a pass when we're hangry. Don't be angry, but you can be hangry. Now, we get grumpy when we're hungry, right? Urgh, I'm angry because I'm hungry. He, he let you hunger in the wilderness. Remember, he split the Red Sea. Now, get this. He split the Red Sea. They walk through. They're like, wow. You know, after you watch your enemies chase you and get swallowed up in the Red Sea, the only thing I can think to do is to dance and play the tambourine. So they start dancing. They praise the Lord. They go in the wilderness a few days and they're hungry and thirsty and think, have you brought us out here to die, God? Having seen him work in their lives. Oh, we forget, don't we? We forget. And he humbled you and he let you hunger. And what? And he fed you with manna. He fed you, he humbled you, he, and let you hunger, and fed you. Right? Let that sink a little bit. Right? He humbled you. He let you hunger, and he fed you. Yeah. Man. Now, I need that to sink. I need that to trickle down more, because our our Father doesn't. He doesn't look at Clayton, and really, I think this is a little more like, what you're hungry, son." You're hungry. Recognize you're hungry, and I have manna to feed you. I will feed you. Instead of trying to scrounge for whatever I can find, or grumbling, or being discontent with all that's going wrong in our situations, or why this isn't going our way, I'm humbling you, son. I'm testing you to show you what's in your heart, so I can remove that, right? First Peter says we're tried like like silver or gold, and it's heated up, and the impurities rise to the top, and they remove it, and it's purified by fire and it's, and it's it makes us pure as we go through trials and we we're they were hungry to show them what was in their heart tested them and then he after having them hunger he fed them he wanted their bellies to feel hungry and this isn't just physical right he wants us to feel sometimes brothers and sisters myself the poverty of our spirit apart from him. You, we've got nothing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They, see, oh, hallelujah, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Amen. But you got to know you're hungry first, right? Yeah, you don't have, oh, I'm good. I don't need Jesus. My dad My dad has been an awesome example in my life. Just He made a commitment when he, the Lord transformed his life. He said, Jesus, everybody I meet, I'll tell them about you. And he's seen so many people come to Jesus, but he, he would t- tell me, You got to get somebody lost before you can get them saved. <laughs> you got to help people see that they need Jesus. You got to help people see that they're hungry, that they need something, that there's a, a hunger that's not quenched by anything but Jesus Christ. So he let them hungry, and then he fed them. And here, here it is that, whoops, sorry, fed you with manna. Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. I like that, right? Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know, that man does not live by bread alone, but, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? Amen. Jesus is the word of God made flesh, the Logos, the word, right? Yeah. Yeah. I say it carefully, right? But I, I used to think of this verse simply just meaning every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, meaning the printed word of God that I have. I don't believe in any other revelations, brothers and sisters. I don't, I don't believe that there are other, other books that are helpful to us to, to, to manifest the presence of a living God, right? But I do believe he's living and active through his spirit in the lives of his children. Amen. And I do believe he speaks and he moves and he leads in your life, amen? Yes. And I do believe the, the Lord does speak to you through the presence of Jesus Christ in your lives, amen? Yes. yes. And the Lord, the Lord God, he says, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How awesome, though, that our Savior in the wilderness being tried by Satan, his, his two weapons against Satan were the, were the quoted word of God, the Old Testament, have you? <laughs> the the torah he quoted he quoted from deuteronomy and he had the holy spirit yes. he's jesus but look at the tools he used in the wilderness the same ones you and I yes. both have that we must live by how awesome that jesus is sustained in the wilderness in trial with the same tools that he's left us today yes. amen yes. amen right Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the yes. mouth of God. I was thinking this week about manna. What is manna? Well, that's what it is, actually. Remember the, the, the word manna. It, what is it? it? If you read the Jesus Storybook Bible, it's really good. It says, it says man, this bread from heaven came, and they said, what is it? So they decided to call it manna, which means, what is it? Which is a very good name for something when you don't know what it is. <laughs> so they called it, what is it? That was, that's manna. It didn't come from the earth. No one had seen it before. It came from God. It came from heaven. It was from God for man. Think of Jesus Christ. He was born in the flesh, but he had descended from the Father. He had come from God. He was from God, God in the flesh, very God. He is God. And he came and lived and dwelt among us. And he said, any man who who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He says, any man who's hungry, let him come and eat of me. He says, if you're thirsty, you'll be quenched, satisfied, and streams of water will flow out of your belly. You will be, you will be carrying out Jesus' ministry, right? As you are filled with this Holy Spirit and he's coming out of you, blessing, blessing the world around you, you will be satisfied if you eat of him. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Partake of me, eat of me. Friends, I don't know what God's doing in your life right now, but I know as Christians, he's doing a very similar thing in all of us all the time. He's humbling us. He's allowing us to be tested, to show us what's in our heart, so that he might feed us with what is it? Him and him alone. What, you're not going to find the answer. How, how bad, right? Sometimes like, oh no, something's wrong. I'll Google it. <laughs> and how much, how much in life are we so slow to hit our knees and say, Father, why is this sense of, uh, why, why don't I, I not have peace right now? Speak to me. God, why is my plan not working? It seems like everything's in the way. Are you speaking something else to me? He says he, he tests us and humbles us. So we might know what's in our hearts. And then he lets us hunger and he feeds us. Man, I want that hunger time to be really short, you know? I have this idea that as I grow to be a stronger Christian, I'll be like, oh, yep, I need you. Oh, yep. You know, I won't, I won't go in my own ignorance, you know. Um, but, oh, you know, the Lord has so much sanctifying work to do in our lives, does he not? Until that day when we see him face to face. First John chapter 3 says, and when we see him, we'll be made like him because we will see him as he is. And someday the veil will be removed and we'll see Jesus and we'll be made just like him in holiness not in not sorry not in a holiness in in a sinless state like Adam and Eve in the way that we were intended to be with God in union with him but like a cup of water next to the ocean right god is wonderfully magnificent and we'll be that purified little bit of water just reflecting our father's glory with nothing hindering because we've been tested and tried as silver is tried because he's allowed us in this life Think of the love of the Father for you right now. In the moment right now that you're feeling tested. Right now. As a parent, as a grandparent, as an employee, as a boss, as a husband, as a wife, as a neighbor, as at anything. We think of this, brothers and sisters. He's allowing you to go through a little testing, a little trial. As David said, search me, O God try me see if there's any worthless thing in me and then lead me in the way everlasting expose it to me god so i can say i'm done with that i receive your manna i receive your grace i receive the ministry of your spirit to change my heart and i'm moving forward thank you for humbling me to show me that i'm not going to do this on my own strength man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the lord I need you, God. I need you to speak into my life. I need you to speak your truth over me. I need your Holy Spirit to work in and through me to reveal what is worthless in me, to wash it away clean. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Now cleanse me by your Holy Spirit, and I want to walk forward growing in greater measure of maturity and in knowing the living God. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's got so much for you, brothers and sisters. He's got so much for us. God is so good. God is so good. Chapter continues, it says, your clothing didn't wear out. Your shoes didn't wear out for 40 years, right? We're more like, oh, my shoes aren't worn out, but I want new ones because these are cool and they're on sale. <laughs> he says, I gave you everything you needed. Shoes for 40 years. Wow. Everything, I took care of you. I fed you. I sustained you. You know, the end of the, the um, it says in, in the word in Exodus chapter 16, they ate manna. Throughout the whole time of the wilderness, until they entered the land of Canaan, when they ate of the produce of the land, the manna seized. It was done. Which was probably a little like, wait, wait, where's the manna? Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> one, one more thing, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't rely on yesterday's supply of manna. This was an awesome morning. I enjoyed worshiping with you all. So blessed. I felt the, the Lord's presence richly, and I was thinking, oh, this is so good. But tomorrow, tomorrow is tomorrow. You gather for the day, and, and you can't hoard up too much for you, to last you the next day because it, it, it'll grow worms and it stinks, you know that. But, but the message is for us every day we must come and we must eat the bread of life. We must come and be sustained by the living God. Every day. And it's always there. His mercies are new. How often? Every morning. Hallelujah, right? Yes. God is good. God is good. Brothers and sisters, may we feast on the bread of life every day. And may we never fall prey to the, the, you know, the truth. In Deuteronomy 8, it says, once you go in, you keep reading the chapter later at home. It's so good. It says, when you go into the land and you have food and you have your homes and everything's great. Be careful, because you'll get nice and comfy. And if you've read the book of Judges, that's exactly what's happened. They get comfortable. Ah, oh, man, look what we have done for ourselves. This is not by your might. I did this for you. They stopped eating the manna. Literally, because God had put under that. But spiritually, they had stopped eating on the manna, and they grew strong, and they grew proud, and they were not humble. And so he humbled them again, and he, he let the enemies come in and have their way. And instead of just turning to the Lord and him coming in, just as Pastor said this morning, as soon as I open my heart to him, he's there. He's there. But why do we ever close our heart to him? Amen. Yeah. Yes. We, we can't rely on yesterday's supply. We must feast on the man today. Let me pray for you, brothers and sisters. <coughs> Jesus, we love you. You are the bread of life. You are everything we need. Any man who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are the bread of life, and we receive you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, that what we needed and what we need is not something generated by the thoughts and hands and inventions of man, but something straight from heaven for us. Something straight from heaven their fathers didn't know, they didn't know, so that they might know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lord, may we come to you every day to partake of your man, every day to partake of you and walk by faith. We love you, Jesus. We need us to walk fearlessly as children of God. We love you, God. We love you, and we need your help to walk by faith, to not fear to be humbled, to allow you to humble us, God, to have a heart that's humbled before we even have to get tested, God, to wake up in the morning and say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I want you. You come and reveal anything in my heart that needs to change. Brothers and sisters, if there is anything in your heart that the Lord is speaking to you about now to humble you, he's been testing you. He's allowing you to see, and he wants to sift it out because he loves you, and he doesn't just let you get hungry and leave you like that. He wants to feed you the all-sufficient bread of life, the sustaining bread of life that you need. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. We exalt your name. We thank you for this time. Help us walk in power humbly and by faith. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. I'm just going to ask Clayton right here. Just stay right here. Let's. Lord, I just want to thank you right now for Clayton and Holly. Lord, as you are continuing to work in them and through them, thank you, God, that you are the supplier of every need. You're the equipper of every person that you've called, and I thank you, Lord, that you have raised them up for such a time as this, we give you glory and honor for that. Now, God, I want to give you the praise as you uh, have sent them forth, but we even here at White Hill, we just thank you, God, as we see you, Lord, uh, that which you have prepared for them, and Lord, show us how to stand with them walk with them, be your vessels in undergirding them as they continue walking out what it is you've called them to. Lord, you're good. We praise you and we thank you to God be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. If if you've been blessed, let me have you stand and just love someone around you. I'm going to have Clayton in the back here. Uh, Please come by and just greet him just for a moment.